Hello, Forever Family. My name's Shan, and I am the recovery pastor. This is the New Year's Eve message. We are wrapping up 2022, and I don't know about you, but it kind of feels like I still need to be in February 2019. That's just me. And here we are fixing to head into 2023. It's a little crazy for me to wrap my head around how much time has just flown by. But today's message is, it's a little different. It's a little historical. It's historical to faith. It's also historical to our nation. So if I could title this, it would probably be, um, be ready for the watch night. Now, typically the image of a New Year's Eve is a, a group of people with party hats and noisemakers. They're ringing in the new year with champagne. But you know, on that same night, there are churches that welcome in the new year in a completely different way. They do that with a watch night service. A watch night service provides a spiritual way to bring in the new year. So the watch night or the covenant renewal service, as it was once known as, this has been a part of Methodist uh, Methodist faith history since John Wesley first used it in 1755. Now, the original service was a spontaneous prayer service that was designed to deepen your spiritual life for those who followed the Methodist faith. John Wesley found it very meaningful and a timely reminder of remarking our our times of blessings through the year. Even in the hard times, there's still blessings. And he made frequent use of it when he would visit early Methodist societies. So think about, you know, the circuit riders. They would go through towns preaching and many times they would they would only see a group of people once every four to six weeks. And sometimes it may even be several months before they made it back to, you know, to be with these people again. But the watch night service today is most often held on New Year's Eve. Sometimes it concludes at midnight or even on into New Year's Day. You know, there's a local church here that um, I used to be a member of, and, and they dedicated the first 24 hours of the new year to prayer and meditation. And they would have the church open for people to come and go and pray over the building, pray over the ministries, just Just have time with the Holy Spirit. It's a time of remembering the old year and its accomplishments, its failures. And we get to anticipate the new year for the promise and the hope and the opportunity that's going to come for us to, to really draw near to the Lord. So in the Methodist tradition, the watch night was considered a time of recommitment. The unity of the congregation was a renewed. It was a it was a covenant between each other to support each other, to uplift each other. And this was a time when people would testify or sing. Like there wasn't a an order of worship. You basically moved as the spirit moved you. Now a watch night service is uh it also holds a very special significance to the African-American community. You see, this dates back to the time of slavery. 
At the end of every year, the owners would tally up their property and they would often sell property to satisfy debts. Now, sadly, the selling of some property was basically part of their human trafficking when they would sell slaves. For many, they didn't know after the tallying was finished if they would be separated from their families or not. And many only had New Year's Eve as their last chance to be with their families before they were separated. So the watch night took on an even more significance during the Civil War. You see, when President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, it was to take effect January 1st, 1863. Slaves would sit up the night before and they waited for their freedom to arrive at midnight. So December 31st, 1862 became known as Freedom Eve. On that night, people would gather in churches and in different places and private homes throughout the nation. They anxiously awaited the news that the Pro Emancipation Proclamation had been signed into law. It was official. Then at the stroke of midnight, when it was January 1st, 1863, and according to Lincoln's promise, all slaves in the Confederate state were legally free. People remained in the churches and in their gathering places at where they had eagerly waited before. And when the news actually arrived, when the freedom news arrived later that day, there were prayers and shouts and songs of joy. People fell to their knees thanking the Lord. You see, Galatians 5.1 tells us, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. You know, in this life, it's crazy to look around and see how people voluntarily become yoked, enslaved to something like addiction and compulsive behaviors. You know, in our recovery meetings, we try to have the last message of every year be a time of reflection. You see, when we surrender to God, we're shown a way to walk out this life. We're set free of addiction and compulsive behaviors. We learn how to handle our triggers. We learn how to do life differently with the support and the accountability of our forever family members. We learn who we are because of whose we are. And that makes us like the me that we see in the mirror a little more each day. You know, this message is, I feel like it's a short message, but take time. Take time at the end of this day to really reflect on the good, the bad, the trials, the triumphs. You know, when we step into a new year, there are many things that we need to leave in the old year. We do not need to allow chaos toxic, or drama to come into our new year. We do not owe chaos and toxic and drama anything. So we're not required to take it with us. Please remember that as long as God gives you breath to breathe, He is still working on your tomorrows. 
I want to share a couple of promises that are found in, in God's Word. God's Word promises to strengthen you. It says in Isaiah 40, 31, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. It's also promised to give us rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're also promised that God will take care of our needs. In Philippians 4.19, Paul says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Jesus Christ. We're also promised that God will answer our prayers. In Psalms 50.15, the Lord says, Call upon me in the days of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. You know, I heard uh, two guys talking recently and and one guy says, you know, I would just love to have a conversation with Jesus. I would just love to have a face-to-face -face with Jesus. I would just love to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the other guy says, be very careful what you pray for. Because you just might have that, that conversation. But you might be in a coma when it happens. You see, we run from God so much. We're like, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? We don't know how he's going to sit us down to make us stop running. We don't know what's going to happen in this life because we're running. We don't always know what we're running to that is waiting to destroy us. Another promise is scripture that God's working everything out for our good. Romans 8, 28 says, and you know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. We're also told that God will be with us and protect us. Revelations 3, 5 says, The one who conquers will be clothed in white garments. And I will never blot out his name in the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. The promise also is to free us from sin and death. If you've ever been in recovery for a hot minute, then you probably know this next scripture by heart. It's 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God knows the battle of our flesh. Paul even wrote about his battles. We're no different than those that walked this earth two centuries before us. But the good news is God understands. Romans 6, 6 says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might, might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. 
We're not fighting this physical, spiritual, mental, emotional battle alone. We're kingdom warriors. And I pray that every time your feet hit the floor, you make the enemy tremble because you're in constant prayer with God. Prayer is just a continuous conversation of listening and talking. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes before you. He will not leave you or forsake you. You know, every time somebody asks me something about ministry and they're like, well, are you nervous? You don't know what to expect. I've heard it said before, and it's just kind of become my motto. I don't fear because God's not going to send me somewhere he hasn't already been, he hasn't already seen, and he hasn't already ordained for me. As long as I stay in his will, he ordains every step, and he helps me to overcome every hurdle. So I look forward to an unexpected journey because that means I have to lean on God and he's going to be right there with me. You know, no matter what the enemy tries to whisper to you, tell the enemy to go back to the gates of hell where he belongs because God put his seal of redemption just stamped right there on your eternal life. And you will not be convinced to pick up the addiction or the compulsive behavior ever again that the enemy keeps trying to hand you. You tell the enemy you cannot be guilted or shamed into allowing chaos and toxic and drama back into your life. You know, John 8, 36 says, so If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Friends, we have the ultimate weapon. Now, I know some are not ready to hear this, but you have the ultimate weapon against chaos, drama, guilt, shame, addiction, compulsive behaviors, and all those other things that the enemy wants to hold you in bondage with. And it's this simple. Pray for the one that the enemy is trying to use. Pray for the one that the enemy is trying to use to draw you back into his snares. Think about these last two scriptures. Psalms 141.9 says, Keep me from the jaws of the traps which they've set before me and from the snares of those who do iniquities. Proverbs 29.5 says, Fear of man will prove to be the snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Please remember this. A snare is simply a lure or a trap. It requires us to fall for the lure or step in the trap. Enemy can't make you do anything. Sometimes I have to remind myself that. When I see it's before me, and I'm about to emotionally have a knee-jerk reaction, I have to remember that I can't give the enemy satisfaction of drawing me back into it. I hope your 2022 has been a blessing. I hope in 2022 you have been a blessing. And I look forward to everything 2023 has in store for us. Always remember, speak life, 
be a blessing. Put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Happy New Year's, everyone. Happy Freedom Eve, everyone. And as you close out the year, I really pray that you are you are praying with a renewal of your spirit, but also with the intensity of Freedom Eve. Much agape, everybody.